Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And because I've been told my intros are annoying by my wife, this is the House of Pod. I'm Kave. Oh, you sound so deflated. Go, come on, give it to me. Come yeah, on. Welcome back to the House of Pod. There it is. There it is. I mean, I agree with her completely, but I want you to be happy. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, sure, how are you, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. You know, it's been a crazy, very long January. So, you know, right. Right. there we are. It does feel like that, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, I saw something online uh, that annoyed me. I'd like to share it with you. Please. Someone tweeted something, and this is not about all the the regular toxicity that I complained to you about, <laughs> about Twitter. This is a different thing. Um, and it was a signal to me. It was a signal to me that the goodwill that was extended to us as physicians because of COVID mm-hmm. may be coming to an end, if not already come to a close. Right. There was a tweet by someone I didn't know, and it was shared by someone I did. And the, the basic premise, I don't remember it word for word, was um, teachers deserve to be paid as much as doctors. Fuck you. You can't convince me otherwise. And... And it bothered me for a couple of reasons. One, not because I disagree that teachers should be paid more. I think I absolutely agree that teachers should be paid more. Some of my close friends are teachers and I see how hard they work. And some of the biggest role models in my life, shout out to Mr. Bornino, you know, were teachers and these guys were super important and, and, and ladies super important in my like education and formative years. Now, why it bothered me was for a couple of reasons. Because it had a really weird adversarial component to it. It was a really weird, like, um, hey, 
doctors should be paid less. And I'm like, right. it's not a zero sum game, guys. Doctors, I mean, the teachers can be paid more and the doctors can be paid well too. And, and it wasn't just that, but it was like people were trying to respond to this person and they would say something like, okay, well, what about debt? And she'd be like, no, fuck you. Teachers have debt too, which is not untrue. And then someone would say like, okay, well, what about like 80 hour work weeks, you know, that we, you and I went through and still some weeks do. How about that? And she'd be like, no, fuck you. They work hard too. And then people would be like, all right, well, um, what about the legal responsibility or the dangers of uh, working as a doctor, particularly now? And like every answer was like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. No. And like, and I'm like, what, why is it so, why is all this hostility coming yeah. from, you know, it, 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 it bothered me. I'm like, particularly in a time of COVID that like people have already forgotten, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and, and again, I don't expect to be treated like heroes. That's not like important to me. But to me, it, it was it was so funny because I'm like, this is why why make this adversarial? Yeah. Why make it like the the teachers have to be paid more at the expense of doctors? And that's kind yeah. of what this person kept arguing. And 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 maybe it was just to be like, you know, they're they're trying to like get their name out there. Maybe they're trying to make it purposefully sort of iconoclastic or you know bombastic. But like it got a lot of likes it got a lot of retweets it got a lot of attention that i saw and it yeah. bothered me i mean that's part of like the culture now right it sounds like kind of the more angry and the higher volume or as biden was it the higher the temperature the more attention you get and that's just unfortunately where where the culture is right now um i think you know i think trump set set that tone you know for bad you could do it for good and you could do it for evil i think he set that tone and it's it sucks um but I agree with you 100%. If teachers make more, it doesn't mean that doctors need to make less. And if doctors make more, it's not that teachers need to make less. I mean, the fundamental flaw is that I think our educational system and our healthcare system are both fucking terrible and like yeah. need a lot of work. But um, I think that nobody gives voice to primary care doctors, who I think are quite grossly right. underpaid, totally. just like teachers are. Primary care doctors is your doctor. Everyone thinks of them as their, you go to them for every single thing. Can you imagine their email inbox? Like, should I take this vitamin or that vitamin? Should I take this herb or that herb? I have a backache. Like, and these docs have to figure out remotely now if a back pain is like a cancer, an infection, or just normal chronic lower back pain. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, they are very underappreciated. They're underpaid. And I think that person saying, you know, fuck you, fuck, it's just like a non-starter. Like if you're going to have a yeah. conversation, let's have a conversation about it. But the stakes for doctors are higher, period. I'm, you know, yeah. kids' educations are so important. We all know that, you know, children are our future. It's a cliche, but it's yeah, true. That's true. But, but the kids aren't going to die if they don't get classroom education, just like we learned this past year. Like right. they're going to have other issues and socializing is important. Anyway, it's just, it's a kind of a silly argument. Um, it's a silly argument. And it's one that's designed in a way that's not really fair because one, I do not want to be arguing that teachers shouldn't be paid more. Right. <laughs> I, I want right. to argue that they should be paid more. It's not adversarial. It's not doctors versus yeah. teachers, period. Well, I agree. It really annoyed me for multiple reasons. And, and uh, if um, we had to take a pay cut for the expense of teachers, that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. But um, then I would request maybe a little more time off. <laughs> or, yeah, like maybe the summer. You know? I yeah. mean, 
you know, hour per hour, I don't want to sound shitty, but like doctors absolutely work, you know, 330 days of the year yeah. and teachers work like 200. I mean, it's just, about, you know, you could talk about hourly wages if you want to really like parse it down. And it's all just ridiculous. Like if we fix our healthcare system, then we wouldn't have some doctors making $5 million a year, if that's a thing. Yeah. And some doctors making $150,000 a year. And that is the range. And that's not fair for anyone. <laughs> And this kind of tweet is a trap, and that's why it makes yeah. me so mad, because it's a trap that's trying to get me to uh, criticize teachers, and it's a trap that's trying to get me to say teachers don't deserve it, which is not what I believe. Right. And, the word and, is and, baiting. They are baiting yeah, you, and, it's, it's, you know. They're baiting, and it's not yeah. fair, and it really angered me that so many people did that fell for it. So many people fell for it and were like, yeah, fuck doctors. Right. And I'm like, where is this coming from, the fuck doctors? Well, speaking of underpaid primary care doctors among the, those groups are pediatricians and we have a pediatrician on today dr nicole baldwin i'm very excited to uh get a chance to talk to her i know you don't do tiktok i certainly don't do tiktok but she is very popular on the tiktok and um she i i think has been through an interesting year uh, even more so than maybe the rest of us in medicine have so i'm curious to talk to her about it um so stay tuned as always, follow us on Twitter and at the House of Pod, at Instagram, and you follow us on Facebook as well. If you haven't already, like, subscribe, uh, and leave a review on iTunes. And one more time, because I don't want to get emails, I absolutely love teachers. <laughs> <laughs> I want them to get paid more. Do not send me angry emails about that. Thank right. you. Stay tuned. And welcome back. Today, we have a guest whose enthusiasm I think you'll find a little infectious. It's Dr. Nicole Baldwin. She is a pediatrician in Cincinnati, Ohio. You may know her as the pediatrician who made a charming TikTok video about the importance of vaccines. It went pretty viral, about 600,000 TikTok downloads or whatever they call it there, about... <laughs> million or whatever views on Twitter. And she had an interesting year because of it. I want to talk to her about that. We can talk to her about vaccines and vaccinations and all that good stuff. Thank you so much, Dr. Baldwin, for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. And clearly, you must not be on TikTok. <laughs> oh, God, you can't make me. They, they tried. It's not yeah. happening. We, yeah. we barely handle Twitter without losing our minds. <laughs> Yeah. You're not making me do TikTok. I give up. I give up. So for those of our listeners who don't know, if you Google Dr. Nicole Baldwin and TikTok, it will be the first thing you see. And it's a very, I have to say it's adorable. I don't mean to degrade <laughs> you, but it's like an adorable, you know, you're a pediatrician. I think it's yeah. meant for like kids and yes. parents with yes. small kids. And um, Dr. Baldwin's highlighting all the things that vaccines prevent and fix in our culture. And it ends with, vaccines do not cause autism. And Correct. it's been viewed millions of times, which is amazing on TikTok and Twitter. So it's, and again, everyone should just look it up. It's great. Mm -hmm. um, can you talk to us about what kind of reaction you received from the world oh. and specifically 
anti-vaxxers. Anti-vaxxers. Yeah. I mean, initially the, um, I received, it was great. Everybody loved it for the first like two days. And then the anti-vaxxers found it and didn't love it. So I was attacked um, on basically every platform that I'm on. So I posted the video on TikTok uh, and then tweeted it. And that went viral on Twitter. And then I posted on Facebook and Instagram because I also have um, pages there. And Facebook is mainly where the anti-vaxxers actually found me and came after me because they are well organized or they were well organized on that platform. Um, Facebook has done a little bit to um, improve that in the past few months. But um, so I got attacked um, online with awful comments and death threats People called my office. We had to call the police actually um, during this whole time. We um, got just people bombarding my, my call center staff with phone calls. And then they attacked my online reviews. They went to Google, they mm -hmm. went to Yelp, they went to every health grades WebMD, every single site you could go on and put false reviews out about me. And so it was kind of a hellish several weeks of my life dealing with that it, yeah. it it's so amazing to me and if it wasn't so tragic i would find it hilarious that there's this simple video of this very pleasant right? doctor just <laughs> smiling and pointing at things and just being like overall very pleasant and nice and being like hey vaccinate uh -huh. your kids it's good and people are like death the dr baldwin <laughs> yeah it's just yeah it's yes. insane did you have any suspicion that might have happened when you put it out there were you like maybe 10 people are going to see this did you have any thought that it could be potentially something that would get that much negative attention no i had no idea i mean i had been on social media as a professional pediatrician for oh gosh i think six years and obviously i talk about vaccines you know all the time that's what i do and so nothing like that had ever happened and when i posted the video on tiktok it was my fourth video on tiktok it was the second day i had been on tiktok and so of course i had like six followers at the time mm -hmm. and i i remember i do remember i made the video and it is hard work okay i know you guys aren't on tiktok but to make those videos and put all those words to go to where you're pointing at the right time, it is for a TikTok beginner. It was a bit of a challenge. So I was yeah. kind of proud of myself. I was proud of myself by the end of the day. And I left like a couple hours later. I posted it when I was at work and it only had like 16 views. And I was kind of bummed. I told my medical assistant, I was like, dang it, I worked really hard on that. <laughs> and so, um, I woke up the next morning and it had 50,000 views mm. on it the next morning. And I was yeah. like, oh, okay. And that's when I tweeted it. And then the tweet, when that went viral, it was crazy. I like just was sitting there on, on Twitter, like watching the numbers spin, like wow. watching the retweets and the likes and all that stuff. And I was like, whoa. And yeah. so it was all positive. And I just still didn't even think, you know, I put it on, Facebook and um, Instagram and still didn't even think that this was going to happen. And then it just came in like a tsunami. I mean, it is like they found yeah. me and they found me hard and it was, it was kind of crazy. So with all that like negative response and these like fake Yelp reviews and 
Google, um, again, I guess Google reviews, you'd call it, or posts mm -hmm, on mm -hmm, Facebook, mm -hmm. were there ultimately negative consequences for you or your life or your practice? Like threat, getting threats, obviously, is just terrible for morale and right. just it makes you not want to go to work and it's like bullying and we can talk about bullying, yeah. you know, but were there actually hard outcomes? Did your business suffer? Did your boss or if you have a boss threaten to fire you? Like, is there real consequences? So, so fortunately I'm a partner in my practice. And so, um, I am the boss with my other partners, which was good. And they were actually very supportive of me. Um, it was hard for my staff for my call center just to deal with a lot of this stuff. Um, and then from a standpoint of my business suffering, I, I actually think it helped my business, if that makes any sense, because it, because of the national media attention that it got. So yeah. the families that already see me, you know, I've been in practice for 14 years. Mm -hmm. They know how I feel. They know my stance on vaccines. And I got just all positive things from mm -hmm. people in my office. Um, so fortunately, um, now I have no way of knowing, does somebody look at those Google reviews one day? I mean, even now there's false reviews on there that I can't get Google to take off. Um, so do I know if people look at that and are like, Ugh, it, yeah. why does she have like a 3.3 review or three stars right. or whatever? Maybe, I don't think they're leaving my practice, but I do think that um, potentially they may not come to see me, right. I don't know. Yeah. But the opposite is true too, because the real pro-vaxxers are like, you're the best. <laughs> we love right. you. So. Right. Well, we, we've talked about this before on our show. We've covered topics ranging from gun control to abortion and even QAnon. But the thing that got us the most like negative like attention ever was like casual passing comments we've made in the past about supplements and vaccines. Yeah, because they go are, together. The people right. who 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 want the supplements or the anti-vaxxers a lot of them right, right. yeah so so I'm, i guess i'm not surprised by how coordinated the attacks were on you and i guess i'm glad to hear that for the most part it, you're not dealing with the same volume of that mm -mm. but would you do it again yeah absolutely i would 100 percent do it again i mean this is I, I, this is what I do, you know, my whole job is to keep kids safe right. and to help raise them in a healthy world. And vaccines are one of the main things that help do that. So um, I definitely have become more passionate this year about fighting misinformation and, you know, and being more outspoken of a vaccine advocate. I think, you know, they really pushed me to do even more than I ever had before. So yeah, they, they picked on the wrong girl when they picked on me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so from what I'm gathering is that you believe in vaccines and you believe that they work. Is that, is that fair? Okay. <laughs> I mean, I yeah. think about it. <laughs> right. Well, I'm teasing. I know that's obviously an understatement. Yeah. And those yeah. of us in the medical community, I'd like, you know, if you're a professional who's been mm -hmm. trained in medicine and passed your board, you know, your tests, you believe in it. Like it's just mm -hmm. fact, right? Mm -hmm. um, what's your reaction to the protests in Dodger Stadium where thousands of people were interrupted from getting their COVID vaccines, which I think we all know mm -hmm. there are people out there desperate for COVID vaccines. And yeah. here are protesters interrupting yeah. the distribution. I just couldn't believe it when I read that story and it made me so angry because, you know, I think everybody has a right to protest. We all do. And if you don't believe 
that this vaccine is safe and you don't think COVID is real, fine. You can stand on a sidewalk and say that, but to block people who are waiting in line for a life-saving vaccine who have probably taken off work, who are, you know, taking time away from their families to get this vaccine. I mean, that is just, it, it just seems criminal to me that they could block that and potentially, you know, keep people from getting the vaccine. No, I know they didn't, you know, I guess everyone was able to get all the appointments were able to be kept is what I read. Did I read that correctly? I, I think know. they were delayed. Yeah. I don't know if yeah. they got right, it later right, that day yeah. or the next day, but the whole yeah. thought of um, obviously distribution is already so flawed right now. And the Correct. fact that there's just been one more wrench is just yes. um, terrible it's to think about. So annoying to think about. And, mm-hmm. and it, it angers me so much. I think when the final analysis is done on the last 50 years uh, or everything past uh, World War II, when we look at like who's done the most damage to the world it's going to be people like zuckerberg and andrew wakefield that's going to be like at the end analysis that's what we're going to find um but these myths that they that that have been around forever there's been vaccine denial for a long as long as we've been a country i think as long as we've had as long as we've had vaccines even the smallpox vaccine there were vaccine deniers yeah but which ones do not seem to be going away? Is the autism one still one of the major ones? Have people shifted from that to other things that they're worried about with vaccines? Where 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 are they now? So I think for the most part, um, the anti-vaxxers that have been at it for a while know that the autism argument doesn't hold water anymore. So you'll still see that every once in a while. And it's like, Oh, friend, you're new to this game because like <laughs> the the uh, the the ones that have been at it, they kind of know that the evidence does not point that way. I think a lot of what is out there now is that the vaccines are toxic, you know, or they lead to all these chronic diseases because they like, you know, anti-vaxxers like to put any single thing that happens in childhood or in adulthood as a result of these vaccines. And you just can't, you can't do that. I mean, right. not every autoimmune disease, not every kid that has eczema or asthma or whatever, that is not from the vaccines, but they yeah, want yeah. to scare parents into believing that. And especially like SIDS too is another really big one. So sudden um, infant death syndrome where, you know, young infants die for reasons that we don't know. And a lot of people will glom onto that, that it's vaccines and it's terrifying to parents, of course. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, I wonder if there's any uh, conspiracy theorists who say like, you know, COVID was because we were getting too many vaccines. Like, you, you know, there's that will come out. I'm certain. I'm sure. Like, you know, yeah. it's, I'm yeah. sure. So they're just saying it's toxic and they're not, you know, it's nothing specific. You think the autism thing is a little bit um, passe right now. It's not like in vogue to use that as the, the engine driving the anti-vax train. Right. I mean, it's, it's still there, but I, I, again, I think a lot of it is just these vague, like it's toxic. They, they, you know, went on the mercury train for a while and then it's like, oh, shocker, mercury's not in vaccines anymore. Oh, so let's pick on aluminum, you know, let's pick on formaldehyde. Let's pick on, you know, just any, anything they can chemical quote unquote, right. Except you make formaldehyde in your body. Like there's thing, you know, there's a formaldehyde in a pear. I mean, it just, right. Well, so I guess the COVID vaccines not being distributed 
in children yet. It's not approved. Is that correct? I'm not up to date on the pediatric literature. So the Pfizer vaccine is a, is um, authorized for 16 and over. Okay. Um, Moderna is 18 and over. And currently Pfizer has been studying 12 to um, 17. Basically, they were still studying 16 and 17 year olds since the fall, since October, and they just closed their study. So they have the kids, they just have mm -hmm. to wait a couple months to get the data. Moderna's enrolling 12 and over right now. So that's where we're at. And I'm hoping that in the next several months, we'll at least get some authorization for those 12 year olds, at least with Pfizer. Right. Um, so we can get some of these kids vaccinated before school next year. That's great. Um, and I'm sure you're getting floods of emails and questions from parents. Um, and are you seeing the same kind of hesitancy or denials or anything among parents with respect to COVID vaccine that maybe you see a kind of analogous or on the same scale as other vaccines? So I think it's a little different with the COVID vaccine simply because it is a new technology that's not been used in vaccines before. And I think it's right for parents to question. I think it's right for parents to question anything, but it's okay for them to question. And I think there's a difference between like vaccine hesitancy or vaccine questioning versus like anti-vaccine. You know, right. there's the, the people at the Dodger Stadium are anti-vaccine um, versus I have parents in my office that ask me all the time because they're just, they're not sure. You know, the other vaccines we have, the, I think the last vaccine I can recall coming out um, was the HPV vaccine 14 yeah. years ago when I started practicing. So, um, you know, we've got so much data and I will still have parents say, but it's so new. I'm like, it's really not. It's been around 15, 20 years. Right. Uh, so, um, but I think they question it, but not in the same way that like the anti-vaxxers. Got it. Yeah. It's good to have curiosity. You know? Absolutely. And actually and, a lot of a lot of my families have enrolled their kids in the study. My daughter is in the Pfizer trial. Um, she's 16. Um, and a lot of my friends. So I think there's I, I see both sides. I have some parents that are like jumping to get their kid. They're like right. really want their kids to get in. Other parents are like, oh, I don't right. know about that. So So speaking about the, the parents and, and the families, um, you probably get a lot of questions about schools and whether or not they should open up, you know, what do you tell parents that are concerned about sending their kids to school or concerned that their kids may be falling behind because they're not going to school physically? Well, here's, so in Ohio, I'll tell you, in Southwest Ohio, our kids have been in school except for a couple of our large public school systems. They've been in school since September. So we, and our governor actually studied the kids in school, this is kind of cool, and looked at transmission in schools in kids who were masked um, and whether they were, they didn't necessarily even have to be six feet apart, but they, they tested them to see if there was increased transmission in the schools. And what they found in this study, it wasn't huge, but, um, was that there really wasn't an increase in transmission in schools. So they actually changed our quarantine guidelines in Ohio, even in schools. So our kids now, if they are masked, um, in a classroom, and there is a close contact, they do not have to quarantine for 14 days at home, which has been huge for our families because that was the big problem. You know, I had kids that were getting quarantined, you know, several times. So they're home for two weeks. And it is challenging for these kids to try to learn virtually. Um, 
I think that I work in a, in a sub, in a suburb area that is probably a lot of upper middle class. So my patients fortunately have the ability to, um, do okay with online schooling, but, um, I do have some families that really don't, you know, both parents are working right. and those kids need to be in school. I have families that kids don't eat, you know, if they don't, if they're not in school. So I think that it's so interesting, the different parts of the country, because, um, we've been in school the whole time in masks, you know, there's been a mask mandate, but, um, you know, so where you guys are, are they not in school yet? No, not in San Francisco. Okay. I mean, unless you're in a private school and you're, you, something you were touching on is there is this immediate, you know, discrepancy between the people who can afford <laughs> private tutors, who can afford these pods to be set up where mm-hmm. they come and have a private tutor taught or the kids that go to public school. Yeah. Um, cause they're I mean, not getting, edu- they're not getting the same education. Right. Can, right. I mean, for the teachers are trying their damnedest via, yes. you know, online teaching, but it's just, it does not seem in my opinion to be working as well. I no, mean, even not. having Wi-Fi is now yes. setting kids months and years apart. I right. mean, maybe they always were, but I, I personally, <clears throat> I feel dumb, you know, or uneducated, but I didn't think of that as being a right. very concrete way to distinguish education. Yeah. yeah, we had our public school system here in Cincinnati that's been closed, did, you know, handed out like Wi-Fi hotspots to a lot of the kids and, you know, and computers or iPads or whatever. And even still, I don't know the exact number, but there's, I think, at least 30 or 40% of the kids they've not heard from since March. Like they don't know where these kids are because wow. they're not signing on. And so it's already, you know, the the inequity is just, it's, it's getting even larger and larger and it's just, it's so sad. Yeah. So so it sounds like, you know, there's, when someone comes to you and they ask you, should I send my kid to school? It's not Mm -hmm. obviously a very simple yes or no Mm -mm. answer. You have to take into account a lot of things. I'm sure Mm -hmm. one of those things is what they have available to them, Mm -hmm. but that's something that I think we're still going to be dealing with for the next coming months. I mean, Mm -hmm. What advice do you have for patients? I mean, sorry, for patients' families. In terms of whether or not they should send them to school? Yeah. Is that what you mean? You know, I'm telling parents that, first of all, you want to assess risk in your family. So if there's anyone in your family that is high risk for COVID disease, then it may be something you want to consider keeping your child at home if you can. Um, I also think it's important to consider how your child learns best. Some children learn well virtually. Um, They do a great job. Um, I actually saw a lot of kids become less anxious this year because school made them anxious. And so not having to deal with maybe a bully at school or what they were going to wear to school or whatever helped. But the flip side of that is also true. If you have a child that, you know, does not learn well on a computer screen, needs to be around other people, needs to have that recess time, that lunch time, whatever, then that may be a reason to push you to sending them to school. Um, and, And I think also the age of your child and are you able to help your child at home? Because, you know, I, I can't do 
pre-calculus with my 16 year old anymore. You know, I, I think I did that back when I was in high school, but um, so she needs those teachers to help her and, you know, but could I have taught a first grader to read? Probably. So again, I think there's a lot of factors that go into it. If, if you have that option. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Well, you know, Dr. Baldwin, it's it's a really a joy to talk to you. I mean, when I first saw your video, I'm like, no one can be that cheerful. It's just <laughs> then I look through your Instagram and then you're smiling in every picture. I'm like, no, this is fake. This is she is probably hiding something dark, deep and dark. Nefarious. I'm really nefarious, not. <laughs> but it's really clear that that's just who you are. You're just like a yes. super like yeah. friend. I would, <laughs> totally love to take my kids to see you. So um, can you tell people where to find you online? Sure. Yeah. So I am on um, this uh, TikTok, TikTok, obviously. <laughs> TikTok. 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 Yeah. Facebook and Instagram. All of my, uh, I am Dr. Nicole Baldwin on all of those. And then on Twitter, um, I am Nicole B underscore MD, um, which obviously I chose that well before I had my quote unquote brand. <laughs> That's right. Yes, it could have branded like, better. Google, Google Dr. Nicole Baldwin. Uh, you can find me and my TikTok video. <laughs> thank you Very so good. much for coming on. It's really a pleasure. Yeah, to thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, for our listeners, just like Google Dr. Nicole Brown and TikTok, and it will be the first thing wait, wait. you come up Baldwin. Baldwin. What did I say? What did I say? You said oh, Nicole Brown. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. For two reasons. Because of OJ Simpson, but also because I've been watching um, Community. And Shirley, um, the black woman on the cast, her name is like Yvette Nicole Brown. So it's on my mind. So I really do apologize. Gotcha. That will be in our blooper. <laughs> and hey, how are you? I'm Lizzie. Good. I'm I'm Lizzie. I'm Lizzie, that's Kabe. <laughs> no, I'm Lizzie. I'm Lizzie, and that's Kabe. How are you? This podcast is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult a physician or other qualified health care provider for your specific health care needs or concerns. The opinions expressed on this podcast do not represent the opinions of our employees. Details in the podcast have been changed so that patient identification is not possible.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 